listeners, I am coming to you live from a not-so-friendly community where the sun beats down on the pavement and the moon is full and my radio station is extremely hot. But I'm here to talk to you nonetheless. Welcome to the Sundown Frequency. Just a brief introduction. I don't think I'll ever be doing this again, so make sure you guys are listening. My name is Jordan Ash. I'm in my early 20s. I have two eyes, a human nose, and a human mouth. I was born, also, a biological male on Earth. But we're not here to talk about me. We are here to discuss TV shows, conspiracy theories. I will be speaking about serial killers and all that good stuff. Anything spooky, anything occult you think about, I'll talk about it. This podcast is really made for everyone who likes all things spooky, but specifically the alternative black kids, the ones who grew up watching horror movies, the ones who grew up liking clowns and All of that good stuff. The ones who grew up wearing black. The ones with the piercings. The ones who like drawing pentagrams on stuff. This this is the podcast for you. This is where you belong. And this is where you should stay. This is my introduction episode. The pilot, whatever you like to call it. So we're going to keep it lighthearted. So we're going to be discussing just people of color in horror movies mostly. And how I feel about them. What they represent. And how they've been represented mostly is my uh, focus right now. So I know you guys are familiar with uh, Scream, the first adaption. Uh, didn't feature really any black leads, and then second movie comes around. We have Omar Epps and Jada Pickett-Smith, two huge stars around the time the movie came out, which were killed in the very first 20 minutes of the movie. It was something to be marveled at because the scenes were iconic. Him getting stabbed through the ear inside of that bathroom was something to be parodied and then you see the Wayne's brothers do the exact thing a couple years later which is freaking hilarious and then Jada gets stabbed just does that death march all the way up to the screen and gives out this blood curdling yell it's amazing but nonetheless they were only in the first 20 minutes of the movie and they died I recently read an article by a man named Nikkei it's uh, from Vice and it's basically dealing with racism inside of horror movies. And to quote him, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, is saying that black people are ultimately seen as expendable and seen worthy of being killed on screen. I'm not going to say that it's something that directors are meaningly to do, but it's something that's been imprinted for a very long time. Since the 1920s, we've had movies where we've seen the black people as seen as monsters or people who have just seen as just ultimately the antagonists all the time. And then it's no surprise that we move forward in history and we see them in movies, especially dealing with something like serial killers, and they die very first. It's disheartening. It's sickening. It's something I noticed growing up, and it's something I've always wanted to talk about, and I'm glad that I have the airspace to do it now. One of my um, favorite movies, one of my favorite series, personally speaking, is A Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, it took Wes Craven, my personal favorite director once more, not to overuse the word personal. Um, it took him a very long time to have a, um, a person of color uh, in his movies three and then he had Ken Forrest who played Roland 
Kincaid, which is an amazing character. Everyone should watch A Nightmare 3 just for Roland. He's comical. He's hilarious. He is hilarious. And Nightmare 4. We also had Sheila in that movie, which was freaking amazing. Neither one of them survived to the end. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> which sucks to say once more. Ray Parker in uh, Jurassic Park is eaten in the first 10 minutes. And if we're not getting eaten on screen or killed within the first 20 minutes or even with before Act 2, we really can't make it to the end unless, you know, we have another non-person of color, dare I say, a white girl with us to be able to carry us to the end because, you know, we can never do it on our own. Or we're a mystical character like Whoopi Goldberg helping out a confused white woman, Demi Moore, to help get her dead boyfriend back. It's just, it's, it's embarrassing to a point. And that's why I do applaud films like Get Out and uh, Us because Jordan Peele did something for horror that I never thought I personally see with my two eyes. He made horror feel what it was supposed to feel like for people like me, for my other listeners listening. He made horror feel real. He made horror feel like it was every day. He made horror feel not so quote unquote, this is for those type of people, those people like, no, this can happen to all of us. We all should be uh, prepared for stuff like that. If there is a knife-wielding killer, I think all of us should be ready to take him down in any given moment. In the words of Brandy Norwood, I'm not about to die on this island. That was I Still Know What You Did last summer, by the way. Also a very good movie. She survives to the end, though, contrary to the point. Also, also you have uh, LL Cool J and D. Boosie. He survives all the way to the very bitterly end. Halle Berry and Gothica, which was insane. We had never seen such a psychological thriller featuring a black woman lead. And she acted her butt off in that whole movie. I honestly forgot. Like, to this day, I forget that Robert Downey Jr. is in it, how well Halle Berry acts in it. And it's not a forgettable movie by any means. Anybody who's seen Gothica knows that Gothica is something to be watched. And anytime somebody hasn't seen it, you're like, oh, no, you need to watch Gothica. Um, not so much Blade, I would say. It's like, if you've seen Blade, you know about Blade. But Blade is another one of those movies that like, has a black lead that's absolutely mystical to watch and it's good knowing that wesley snipes did all three of those movies with a black director as well if i i might be wrong about the black director but wesley snipes is definitely a black lead and watching that growing up growing up definitely made me feel well i seen a hero that almost looked like me almost looked like me and george romero in 1960 i always like to mention him when i talk about um accurate representations of black people inside of horror movies because george romero and night of the living dead came out in the 1960s which was, it feels like eons ago, honestly. We have parents and listeners possibly who were born in the 60s, so I apologize for that comment. But George Romero's Night of the Living Dead in the 60s changed everything. We have a black protagonist in the early 60s with a white female lead that's not just carrying her to the end. He was clever, he was witty, he was uh, brave, and he was way more capable than his white counterparts on screen. And George Romero, I believe himself, said that he did it on purpose. It was very controversial. You can look up articles and newsletters back then saying, like, no, this movie is garbage. How dare you portray him like this, almost seeming smarter than his white counterparts. And it just shows you how far we've come inside of horror movies and just any kind of cult anything but i'm here to change all that like i said this podcast is for the people by the people and if you like all that kind of stuff just make sure you stay tuned in because here at the sundown frequency black lives matter and they always will coming up i actually have a live uh, guest interview for my very first time i'm actually very surprised 
um, she'll be coming in sharing her experience with a date gone wrong. I believe I'm reading her email right. She said a Tinder date gone wrong. She is from the California area, and she uh, she said it was one of the scariest things that ever happened in her life to her, quote, and she would love to share a story with you guys. So if you guys stay tuned and uh, listen to her story, that'd be great. Thank you. My name is Winona Molinas. I am 24 years old. All right. So California is a really, really big place. Uh, do you want to give me a specific location or no? I prefer not to say. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, thanks again for writing the Sundown Frequency. You are a, a doll. Uh, if you want to go ahead and get the story started, it was a Tinder date, you said? Was it from Tinder or was there any other? There's a, there's a lot of dating apps out there. A lot of scary stuff can happen. I know, and I was on Tinder, actually. It's one of the most, you know, popular of them all. And uh-huh. I was just I was just bored one night, and yep. I wanted to see what was out there. I wanted to explore my options. I was recently out of a relationship and was going through things, and I just wanted to have some fun, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm scrolling through my Tinder app, and I'm seeing a whole bunch of guys, and none of them are really doing it for me. None of them are really... Uh-huh catching my eye and then there's this one man and I won't say his name out of fear of something happening to me but yeah, no, I he, was, he, he was very handsome he was tall had dark hair bright blue eyes and I had never been with a white man before so it was something that I wanted to try oh so it was a white guy that's that's interesting to hear okay yeah. okay yes it was something I something that was different something i wasn't used to oh no i hear you no judgment this way sister and we got to talking and everything was good and his conversation he was so smart he was funny Uh he was he was handsome i mean what girl would say no to that right so after a week or so of us talking Mm -hmm. he asked me out for a nice dinner date across the border i mean across the water not like that's that's a gentleman, true gentleman, taking ladies. It was a true gentleman, so I thought. So, we're on our date. The candles are lit. The sky is dark. The mood is set, and everything is good—almost too good to be true. Ooh. He's complimenting me. Bottles of wine. Everything was perfect. So, I no—I normally don't do this. I normally don't bring me back to my home for a nightcap but the energy was so good that i agreed like i said no judgment here with nona that's is <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so once we got to my home it seemed like the night was about to get even better we had started drinking more and we had started talking and then somewhere along the line i i started to feel sick my stomach began to turn and my head began to ache and my vision it wasn't what it normally was so i politely i had asked him to go home and we could do this again some other time Mm -hmm. which he respectfully respectfully said would be fine he kissed my hand and he was out the door Mm -hmm. so 
I turned all the lights off, locked all the doors, and just went upstairs to lay down. And I woke up around 3 a.m. to the, the sound of... The witching hour, nonetheless, 3 a.m. 3 a.m., and now I'm not into all those kinds of things, but now I, hear I am. You. Oh, now no, I hear I you. Yeah. So around 3 a.m., I start to hear sounds, like someone is moving my furniture around, and... <laughs> How could that be when I'm the only one in the house? I live You don't alone. have any room? I'm sorry. No, you don't have any roommates or anything. No, I live completely alone. I have a nice one-bedroom place. Not many people know where I live outside of my family. And Gotcha. So, I open my door just to make sure that I'm not crazy. And I take a closer listen. I refuse to go down the stairs because I'm no, I'm no dummy, but I listened and I'm close. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. And absolutely. I heard feet, feet shuffling across the floor. And it sounded like my dining room table was literally clawing and being scratched against the ground. So I immediately rushed back into my room and I pushed my dresser with all my might in front of my door. And I know that whoever was down there they heard it because slowly I heard feet start to creep up the stairs so I grabbed my phone and everything in my body every hair on my back and on my neck stood up at attention I knew something was wrong I quickly called 911 and the operator told me to stay on the phone authorities had arrived so I listened to her, I gave her my address, I told them everything that I knew. In about 15 minutes or so. That had to be the longest 15 minutes of your life. The longest 15 minutes of my life. The scariest 15 minutes of my life. I didn't know if I was going to make it out. I didn't know if I was going to make it out. And so about 15 minutes later, I hear my front door being kicked down. And I hear scuffling and yelling. And I hear cops shouting, get on the ground. I hear it, I hear it from up above and I'm I'm shaking, I'm hiding in my closet in my hands. Or I, I couldn't even keep my phone up anymore. And about five minutes or so go by, there's a knock on my bedroom door. And it's the police asking me to open up. Now at first, I've seen a lot of horror movies. So oh, at yeah. first I didn't believe it was the cops. If you know anything about a good horror movie, uh -huh. it's, never, it's never the help that's coming knocking at the door. Ever. Especially in the so, neighborhoods I live in, Winona, let me tell you, it's never any good sign when the cops <laughs> are knocking. <laughs> okay. So after about five more minutes of them convincing me of who they really were, I slowly moved the dresser from the door. And I opened it, and the cops were, two cops were standing there with horror on their faces and I asked them did you get them did you get the robber did you get them one of the cops was speechless and I didn't know what was wrong so I I feared that it, it could have been worse so they asked me to pack a bag and if there was somewhere that I could stay for the night and I was thinking like why would I need to do that? This is my home. No, literally, the police if, are there. Like, if you God. guys have the bad guy, then what do I need to worry about? And they wouldn't say more. All he said was, ma'am, pack a bag, meet me downstairs, I'll take you to the back. 
So I rush, I pack a bag, and I slowly tread my way down the stairs. And when I look to my left, I'm, I freeze. Do you want to know why I froze? What was it? What the hell did you see? I'm sorry. That, that man, that man that I had went on that Tinder date with. Yeah. He had came back. Oh my gosh. And he had taped up and put wrapping plastic. This weird plastic coating and wrapping was around all of my furniture. <gasps> the dining table, the couches, the walls were splat were, were covered in plastic and on the dining room table there were knives and knives like more than one knives instruments like i had never seen before things that i had never seen before so i immediately i turned towards the cop and i asked what was he going to do to me what was he going to do to me? And it had turned out that he was responsible for the murders of about four women across the state in that oh. same manner. In that same manner, he would he would come in their house at night, wrap up all their furniture in plastic, and take them limb from limb on the table. My gosh! You went on a date with this guy? For over two hours, I did. You sat across from this guy. He was in your house. My gosh. That had to be one of the most frightening things you went through. First, I'm sorry. My gosh. Well, thank you, honey. And it was very frightening. It was the scariest experience of my life. Oh, man. If you don't mind me asking, how, was this like super long ago? Less than a year ago? You said... This was about within the last year and a half. Oh my gosh, have you moved since then? Are you still in the same place or anything like that by any chance? Oh honey, I'm, I broke my lease and I moved out as fast Of course, as per anyone would. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, no, my, there's two things to take from um, your story. Um, take Tinder off your phone, um, number one. <laughs> um, number two, no more nightcaps. Man, oh man. Okay, no more. No more nightcaps, no more no more single dates. I, I need to meet people in real life through a friend now. Something I agree one hundred percent. We and it's somebody sad. that can give you that can give an opinion on you. Exactly. Exactly. My so if God. anyone out there is listening, be careful with online dating. And uh you, final you never know who will be sneaking into your window at three AM. Okay, oh my gosh, he came in through the window, man. I know the listeners out there are chill, because I got chills listening when you said you looked over and you said, man, I couldn't picture what you went through. It's my final question, of course. Is that man in jail? They he, they got him caught. Is he all, is, did you go to his trial? Anything about that? Did you hear anything like that? He was caught. He was caught. That's good. And I, and I had actually went to his sentencing. Nice. Because I wanted to see the look on his face when they put him behind bars forever. He got a life I, sentence? I, I would He got a life sentence. Oh, beautiful. And I want to tell you something. The last face that he saw before he walked out that courtroom was mine. And he, he smiled at me. 
with this what? with this snarling look. If I can even describe it, that sent chills up my spine, and I had be- I believed that I had dinner with the devil. Oh no, no! Oh, I got chills. My God, you could have been literally like the other four girls. First of all, I don't. I'm not big on omnipotent forces, but I know you pray to whoever you believe in to tell you thank you for waking you up around that time. <laughs> I don't know what force that was that possessed me because I was in a dead sleep. And let me tell you, nothing can wake me up—not a storm, not a noise. But that it jolted me out of my sleep, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the feeling that his face gave me. I'll never forget the chills down my spine when I see his eyes. I will never forget. Just keep safe. I'm glad that you're safe now. And (laughs) I thank you again for calling into the sundown frequency. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping a loyal listener. Um, Again, thank you, Winona. And be safe. In Thank your, you. In your town in California, in your anonymous way. <laughs> and if you're ever in town, come by. Absolutely. I would love to. I would love to have a cup of coffee with you in public. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much, Winona. Thanks again for calling the Sundown Frequency. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a good night. Well, that was a very, very, very interesting story from our lovely Winona out on the West Coast in her city in California. It's, uh, it's insane to hear stuff like that, from, especially from a date from uh, one of our lovely listeners, one of our fans, one of our sisters, one of our fellow humans. My heart goes out to Winona, and my heart does not go out to the creep who tried to decapitate her Dexter style. Do you hear a bump in the night and possibly go investigate the noise? No. Do you sometimes go for a jog at midnight? Stop there, no. Do you sometimes see something fall off the wall and proceed to stay in the house you're in? No. Do you ask, who is it, when you know good and dang well you are the only person in the house? No. Then this is the podcast for you. This is what you want to listen to. This will give you all of your scary needs. This is the sundown frequency. I am Jordan Ash. And while the moon is full and the town is set and the sun is waiting to rise, so will my lovely listeners. And tune in next Tuesday at sundown for a brand new edition of the sundown frequency. Thank you.